welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bibb, and a special warm welcome to any guests and visitors we have joining us this day. Please know you're always welcome here at Trinity Lutheran Church. We have great joy this day, as you have already probably guessed, between the bulletin and the joyous singing of the children here, that it is Good Shepherd Sunday, and so we rejoice to hear those uh, wonderful gospel promises of Jesus being our Good Shepherd, leads us faithfully to our heavenly home. We do have the great joy of receiving the Lord's Supper this day, this green pasture of his grace and mercy given in his body and his blood. And so we do ask then that uh, any visitors joining us, if they intend to come to the altar, be either a member of this congregation or a sister congregation of our church body, in keeping with our Lord's word that he bids us to be united in our confession, not just in terms of what we believe about the supper, uh, but in the whole of our Christian confession uh, and doctrine and life. I'll turn your attention at this time to the inside of the back cover of the bulletin, where we do have then a summary of today's readings. Our Lord Jesus is the Good Shepherd. He is not like the hireling who cares nothing for the sheep and only for himself, who flees when he sees the wolf coming. Rather, Jesus is the Good Shepherd, who seeks out his scattered sheep to deliver them. He gathers them and feeds them in rich pasture. He binds up the broken and strengthens the sick. He lays down his life for wandering and wayward sheep. On the cross, Christ bore in his body the attacks of the predators of sin and death and the devil for you, that you might be saved. He now lives to restore your soul in the still waters of baptism, to lead you in the paths of righteousness by the voice of his gospel, to prepare the table of his holy supper before you, that you may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. For you were like straying sheep, or straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls, as we hear from St. Peter in the epistle this day. Our divine service setting is setting one as it begins on page 151. We now sing the first hymn. O God, through the humiliation of your Son, you raised up the fallen world. Grant to your faithful people, rescued from the peril of everlasting death, perpetual gladness and eternal joys. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the third Sunday of Easter is from Ezekiel chapter 34. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself, will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries, and will bring them into their own land, and I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the ravines, and in the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture, and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. They shall lie down in good grazing land, and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak, and the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. This is the word of the Lord. Be God. The epistle is from 1 Peter chapter 2. 
For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 10th chapter. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock. One shepherd. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Dear Saints, Jesus is the only good shepherd. When Christ first spoke these words concerning himself, he proclaimed them to the Pharisees, who were largely unbelievers. He contrasts himself, the good shepherd, with those who are hired hands, hirelings. In the Greek, the word is misthetos, and it literally means wage takers, those who are only in it for themselves and care nothing for the sheep. These hired hands will run at the sight of a wolf or other danger. Now, in Jesus' time, again, these hired hands or wage takers were the Pharisees. But Jesus does not just proclaim himself to be the good shepherd. He defines what that means, saying, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. In other words, when the wolf attacks, it's going to have to go through the good shepherd. He guards the sheep. He loves the sheep. He wants to be with his sheep. And he lays down his life for the sheep. Now, regarding this title of good shepherd, Dr. Luther said in this single little word, shepherd, There are gathered together in one almost all the good and comforting things that we praise in God. So it is that Jesus shows himself to be good, true, excellent, noble, and self-sacrificing. King David was a shepherd, and King Jesus is King David's greater son, the only and one good shepherd. See, Jesus has purchased you, his sheep, at great expense, shedding his lifeblood on the cross as payment for your sins, for his flock, the church. He is regal and kingly in the leading of his repentant sheep. You are grazed on the most glorious of pasture, his blessed word and holy supper. You drink of the still crystal waters of his grace, and he restores your soul. Christ leads you and guides you with the greatest of care, such then that he will bring you safely home. What great comfort is found in the scriptures before us today. It is as we prayed in the psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. 
In other words, because of Jesus, you lack nothing. Now, commenting on Psalm 23, Lutheran pastor Johann Gerhard said, Since the Lord who has everything, who is life, salvation, and total satisfaction, since he is my shepherd, what should I or might I ever need? If I only have you, Lord, then I ask for nothing else upon heaven or earth. You see, in Christ Jesus, we have all things. The complete remission of sins, life now and eternally, God-given identity, and victory over death and hell itself. Jesus is our priceless treasure. And by the working of the Holy Spirit, we hear his voice. That is, we hear his word and we follow him in faith, clinging to his gospel promises. But what about those hired hands? What about those hirelings? Well, the prophet Ezekiel speaks of them, and Jesus does as well. These wicked shepherds are the hired hands who care nothing about the sheep, and God will judge them. These, there were wicked shepherds in the time of Ezekiel and Jesus, and they are among us today. So also the sinful selfishness, which is characteristic of these hired hands, it's around us everywhere. In order to see the spirit of these wicked hired hands clearly, we need only to look at the various stations in life that we occupy to our vocations. As you might imagine, there are many places where hired hands show up in our lives, and some of them hit painfully close to home. First off, there are many who call themselves pastor, who live to satisfy and serve their bellies, their bank accounts, and their egos, not Christ's sheep. Pastors are not so much sheep dogs as they are shepherds, or rather, under-shepherds of the good shepherd. They are sheep themselves. They need Jesus just as much as the other sheep. However, those called to be pastors are drawn from Christ's flock, called, ordained, and sent to shepherd local flocks of Christ's sheep. This is a high calling, one that is not to be taken lightly by the church, or those men whom Christ has called and ordained into his holy office. Listen again to what the Lord says about the selfish, wicked shepherds of Ezekiel's time. He writes, Thus says the Lord God, Ah, shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves, should you not feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened. The sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. They take advantage of the flock, eating the fat ones and clothing themselves with the wool, all the while neglecting the rest. This is shameful, and it is selfish. Now, notice that the defining characteristic which Jesus sets forth, which with which he sets himself apart from these hired hands, is his self-sacrificial love seen in his crucifixion for sinners. Jesus runs into the fray, not away from it. He runs into danger. He comes to seek and to save that which was lost. This love is prophesied by the prophet Ezekiel. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep. And I will rescue them from all the places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And Jesus himself speaks of this love in the gospel, saying, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 
Pastors are called to love and serve Christ's sheep with the sacrificial love of Christ. Pastors are not called, ordained, and sent to make a name for themselves, to get rich, or to have an easy life. They are not called by Jesus to be people pleasers. They are to feed the flock with the gospel purely taught and the sacraments rightly administered according to the word of God. Christ's under-shepherds are to teach and feed the faithful, seek after the straying, and care for all, all the while rightly dividing law and gospel for the sake of the souls under their charge. The pastoral office is a servile office. And although the office is imbued with leadership, its foundation is not some secular leadership manual, but the Holy Scriptures. As the Good Shepherd said, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Pastors, then, are called to faithfully teach Christ's word and to serve as Christ served. Therefore, when a pastor teaches false doctrine, he sins against Christ and against his office. When a pastor feeds Christ's body and blood to one who ought not receive it, he sins, for Christ has made him a steward of the sacrament. It is to be administered according to Christ's word and not the whims of men. When a pastor neglects the flock, he sins, for he is not loving those under his charge, and he dishonors Christ. When a pastor lives an openly lewd and immoral lifestyle, he profanes the office of the holy ministry, for he teaches his flock to live similarly and brings shame upon himself, his family, and Christ's church. This is indeed what Satan seeks to sow among the church. As St. Saint, Saint James said concerning the office of the Holy Ministry, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. And so you see, pastors have great need of your prayers. So also pastors have great need of the gifts which Jesus the Good Shepherd purchased and won on the cross with his holy precious blood and which he freely gives to his repentant sheep. There is only one Good Shepherd, and his name is Jesus. Therefore, dear saints, for my imperfections and shortcomings, I ask your forgiveness and pray the Holy Spirit to grant me grace, wisdom, and strength as I continue to serve you with Christ's word and sacraments. As I mentioned before, in order to see the spirit of these hired hands and their selfish attitude in your own lives, you need only look to your vocations, that is, to your God-given callings. This is where the table of duties in your catechism is especially helpful. You see, the table of duties, it's organized by the three major areas or estates which exist in Christian life. The church, the state, and the family. Though not many are called to be pastors, we all have been called to love and serve our neighbors in many and various ways. Do you serve others with Christ-like love? Always? Do you seek to love and honor those around you more than yourselves? Well, you already know the answer. For all sin and fall short of God's glory. Nevertheless, listen to the categories found in the table of duties and think on them for just a moment. For the church, bishops, pastors, and preachers, they are the first ones addressed and they are held to God's word and the responsibilities given therein. So also what follows after that is the heading, What Hearers Owe Their Pastors, along with Bible verses accompanying that heading. Then follows the God-given responsibilities for government and for citizens, for the government does not bear the sword for nothing. They are to punish evil and to reward good, and woe to them when they do the opposite. So also the Lord lays out for us what citizens are to owe the government. Listed next are the responsibilities given by God within the family. 
to husbands, those who are the spiritual head of household, the house priests, as Luther would call them, then to wives, parents, and children, what they owe their parents. So also to workers of all kinds, to employers and to supervisors, as well as to youth, widows, and finally to everyone. Each of these callings or vocations has Holy Scripture attached to it, showing briefly and plainly what God teaches concerning the different stations to which he has put us in our life. Examine yourself then, according to the Ten Commandments, and within your vocation. Think on your God-given responsibilities and your various callings in life, because using, the, using God's law, the Holy Spirit will reveal just how much we daily stray from Christ and from his word. In other words, your need for the Good Shepherd, it will be clearly and plainly seen. And this is when the precious gospel promises of Jesus need to be recalled. When they need to be read and studied and held to mightily, clung to in faith. This is when you need the absolution Christ speaks to you through his called and ordained pastors. This is why you are to rise from bed each and every morning and remember that you are baptized into Christ. Remembering that Jesus sought you when you were lost. He found you and he claimed you as his own, washing you by water and the word, giving you of his Holy Spirit, cleansing you of sin and restoring your soul. As he said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Because of the good shepherd, you lack nothing and no one can snatch you from his hand, not even Satan himself. You are his forgiven sheep his beloved ones for whom he died and rose and for whom he lives. For his name's sake, he leads you in paths of righteousness. And even though you do in this world, walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you need not fear evil for Christ is with you and he is here to comfort you with his body and soul saving word. In the presence of sin, death, hell, and this decadent faithless world, your good shepherd, he has prepared a table for you in the presence of these, your enemies. At his table, he anoints your head with the healing balm of the gospel, and he feeds you his risen and living body and blood, which give pardon for sin, life eternal, and the strengthening of faith. What is now a foretaste will, on the last day, be the eternal feast which has come. And along with all these promises, if that weren't enough, we are given even more. For Christ Jesus, who is himself mercy and steadfast love, he pursues you with the same all through your life. His blessed promise to you and to all his elect is that you shall dwell in his house forever, without end, days upon days. Jesus is the only good shepherd. He is yours and you are his. Amen. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That the good shepherd of Israel, <clears throat> of Israel, who has sought out his sheep and gathered us with him into one flock, would keep us always in his fold and guard us from every wolf and snare. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all pastors, that God would bestow Christ's own wisdom and tenderness upon those called to shepherd the souls of his people, and all believers, that they might receive their pastors as a gift from the Lord, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. 
for our homes, that Christ would give them peace and enliven them with his resurrected life, that he would cause the forgiveness of sins to reign among husbands and wives, parents and children, and that he would assure those who live alone that they too are his children, upheld by his right hand. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the gift of good government, that as the Paschal Lamb has wrought peace between man and God, so he would grant peace and good good days also to our citizens and to the nations of the world, and that we would end all our and that all, all our neighbors may lead quiet lives in godly contentment. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For peace in this sin-darkened world, that the Lord would frustrate and thwart the plans and schemes of the devil and all those who seek to shed innocent blood. Let us pray to the Lord. For those who serve in the military and law enforcement, that they would serve with honor and integrity and that our good shepherd would stretch out his arm to defend them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord For the sick, especially Ron Lyon, Bob Rash, Ron Gibson, and Chuck Lichty. For those who are shut in, especially Lisa Rash and Erlene Lakey. For the dying and for those we name in our hearts before you. That you would grant healing, relief, peace, comfort, and grace sufficient for all our needs. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who come to the Lord's Supper this day, that our good shepherd would calm all fears in this valley of the shadow of death through the holy table here prepared in the presence of our enemies, that he would give us repentance and an increase of faith, and that in every tribulation or besetting sin, he would lead us to find comfort and strength in the overflowing mercy given to us in this sacrament. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord God, out of your fatherly goodness you have remembered us poor, miserable sinners and given your beloved Son to be our shepherd, not only to nourish us by his word, but also to defend us from sin, death, and the devil. Grant us your Holy Spirit, that even as the shepherd knows us and helps in every affliction, we also may know him, trust him, and seek, and seek help and comfort in him, heartily obey his voice and obtain eternal salvation. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, once again, good morning to you on this beautiful spring morning with which the Lord has given to us. A handful of announcements here before we continue with our day and this week. Uh, first, just a quick note of thanks to the Midweek School students for sharing their gifts of song this morning. Uh, and then also, I want to point out to you the insert in your bulletin. Uh, this blue one here. Uh, we do have Vacation Bible School coming up very soon, so please talk to Danielle Deitch in order to sign up and get registered for that. Uh, the theme this year is River of Life, uh, so a strong uh, baptism theme there, and we'll be looking through uh, several uh, Bible stories to that end and the history of the Lord's salvation and how he sent Jesus uh, to uh, save us from sin, death, and the devil. So please see that there. There'll also be a focus on... Um, different parts of the world which are thirsty for the living water of the gospel, as noted there in that announcement. Also, one that's not in your uh, bulletin this day, there is a homeschool conference coming up that is led by the Confessional Lutheran Homeschool League. Uh, this will be at Holy Cross Lutheran Church in Carlisle, Iowa. That's around Des Moines, and it's going to be held on May 14th. Uh, it's just a one-day event, and it's about a three-hour drive, so if any of you have interest in that, uh, pile into a, a vehicle or two and carpool up there. It promises to be quite good. Uh, more information can be found on the bulletin board out as you walk by there. There'll be a green and white uh, trifold flyer there with all the information on what's going to be presented. 
Uh, we have Sunday School and Bible Study, of course, following worship this day. Uh, pastor's Reading Group is tomorrow, followed by the Lutheran Confession Study Group, a new member class on Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday, our workout class at 6. And then Thursday, we do have a church council meeting, and as part of that, uh, members, you are welcome to attend. If you'd like to be added to the agenda, please speak with Kyle Durham. He'd be happy to do that. And then a few save-the-date uh, things that we have here coming up in May and June. Vacation Bible School, I've already mentioned. Uh, on June 19th, we have a special privilege. The North Star Boys Choir will be coming to Trinity Lutheran Church uh, to give a concert. Uh, they are a classically trained European-style boys choir. They're uh, 20 voices strong, and so they will be coming again uh, in the afternoon on Sunday for a concert on the 19th. And we will have need of host homes, so please see the note in the bulletin, also in your newsletter, and uh, contact my wife if you have any questions about that. She and I will be coordinating uh, host homes for this event. Um, and also then on June 25th, uh, the Lutheran Early Response Training will be held here by Pastor Gibbs. He's kind of our local area coordinator for that. He's been certified uh, to teach to that end. And if you're wondering, what is a Lutheran Early Response Team? Well, when we experience a national, uh, natural disaster of some kind or there's some great need, uh, those volunteers are trained to go out and do what is necessary to begin the cleanup and to help those in need. So if you have any interest in that, uh, if you'd like to you know, get certified to operate a chainsaw, uh, or any number of other things, uh, please come to that on June 25th. I do believe that brings us to the end of our announcements. Anything I might have missed? Otherwise, God's peace be with you, uh, and go knowing that you're a good shepherd. He has restored your soul and his word and sacrament, and he will continue to do so until he brings you safely home. I'll greet you at the door. <laughs>